time to rejoin the conversation. going to do some personal tales of when uh, when you or someone that you know was really sick. Um, we're going to try and steer clear of uh, you know uh, ACA and you know and the healthcare acts and and all of that. Um, not not necessarily meant to be a political conversation, even if it gets a little bit. Um, but in a perfect world. Um, what do we think the American healthcare system should look like? You know, and this is just a bunch of dudes sitting around a table smoking and drinking and talking shit. But maybe, just maybe, we'll solve the world's problems. Who knows? No, I think we'll just smoke and drink and talk shit. Very possible. Very possible. <laughs> uh, Which is solving the world's problems. Well, yeah, it's, uh, hey, <laughs> it's solving, the best way to solve the world's problems. Solving my problems, anyway. Uh, I started with Big Dave. To, to begin with, so I'm going to start on the other side of the table, and I'm going to go with brain mass. Uh, yeah, uh, the only, you know, actually I've been really fortunate. I think the only time where someone close to me was in the hospital for an extended period of time was when my dad was in the hospital, uh, routine surgery, um, and then, as you all know, he ended up passing away. Um, so, and I think he was in the hospital for, it was almost a month. Mm. Um and so that's actually been my only um, experience with having someone close to me. Uh, I've, I've actually not been in the hospital before, so uh, knock on wood. So um, I I don't know what a perfect healthcare system would look like from that. Well, that what, regard. what I mean, does your fiance say? I mean, Diane's going oh, through uh, so much stuff right now, trying to get her in a, in a doctorate and. You know, it'd be a, she's going to be an MD, right, not a DO? She's DO. She's DO, all yep. right, which I like DOs better than MD myself. But, you know, she has surely had some opinions on what she thinks by now. Uh, I think there's a lot of information that's being thrown at her. It's been interesting because I, I will say my mom is goes to the doctor nonstop. Um, she, she is uh, now recovering from breast cancer, which is awesome. Uh, her hair's growing back, and she's real excited about that. Uh, <laughs> but besides that, yeah, Mama Massey. But besides that, I mean, she's, you know, asthma or her knee hurts or there's just always something. Uh, not to pick on her because I do love her. Uh, she's my mom. So, but, you know, so it's interesting to hear. I get stories. I mean, she's at the doctor probably once every two weeks or, or more often. And either herself or she's supporting a friend that's doing something. And I get to hear about bedside manner of the doctor she talks to, and uh, she asks a lot of questions. And, you know, sometimes the doctors may maybe see, she feels like they're being short with her. But then I see it on the other side with, you know, Diane going through all of her education and working in the hospitals. And, um, you know, she could see anywhere between 5 and 24 patients in a day. And those patients only see one doctor typically in a day. Um, but those doctors see dozens in some, some days, uh, different patients. And to try to have and explain everything, it could, I think it, it could get systematic 
Um, and sometimes it would be di difficult to remember, hey, you are the expert. You know, this isn't a machine or shouldn't be a machine necessarily. So it's been interesting to kind of hear both sides at the same time and form my opinion. I think the best thing of all of that that, that people should do and, and keep in mind is what the other side is going through. I don't know that anyone ever goes to the doctor's office thinking, well, what has this doctor been through? I don't know. I, I mean, whoever really thinks that, all you think is, is a doctor seems like they're in a bad mood or they're, they're treating me great or they're not treating me great. Um, and they're, they're people too. So you never know what, what patient they just had. Maybe they lost a patient this morning. Um, I mean, they could be dealing with anything, just like a normal <coughs> human. So I think the emotional side has been really interesting hmm. uh, just to kind of observe. Yeah, so. I guess I, me personally, I, I guess I've truly never <laughs> thought about my doctor in terms of uh, them, you know, not being a superhero, basically. <laughs> like, like you know, they don't have personal lives and stuff. They, they're a doctor, and they're here to, to doctor on <laughs> me. And, uh, and I, you know, I want you to be pleasant and patient and uh just describe everything in, in as much detail as I need you to describe it in. But, I, yeah, you never think about the fact that these are people, and they, they have lives and families and uh, student loans and, you know, everything else that, they, that they're dealing with, uh, on top of the fact that I'm patient number 20 out of a, a really long day worth of seeing people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, she's come home from a tough rotation, uh, you know, under a doctor that's maybe an asshole, and it's a tough day for her, tough week, tough month, and the thing I try to remind her is, hey, hey, if you don't like the way that doctor was treating the patient, like, that's something you can learn and say, this is how I'm not going to be, Very um, which I think is just as important as anything you're going to learn uh, as far as how, uh, you know, how you should be, so how not to be. Yeah. Also, when we're talking about like people like us who are probably a little more docile, more communicative, easier to deal with, I can't imagine some of the other people they have to deal with just get belligerent, upset, angry. Well, especially if they go in knowing this is going to cost them an insane amount of money. Yeah. I mean, that's already going to set up someone to not be in a great mood. Yeah. A lot, oh, yeah. A lot of animosity. Yeah. Jordan? Um... <clears throat> I got a buddy, man. He's he's got a real serious like like hope dream. You know, he we left college and he never found work. He just always kind of rinse and repeat his cycle of you know getting with the lady, shacking up. Right. She's paying the bills. He's taking. He's dropping her off at work. You know that type of thing. Uh, but he's in the gym all day. You know, um, oh, he's baby boy. Yeah, uh, like to the max, <laughs> like the epitome. So, on one hand, I'm like, I want to tell him, like, God, knock it off, man. But on the next hand, like, every time you call him, hey, man, follow your dreams. Like, you can do it. Hey, man, I'm trying to backdoor my way into the NBA. And it's like, ah, this guy's really optimistic. Right. But now how old? How old is he? He's now? 32. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's and he still thinks he's gonna play in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, we're all man. Right. All like, at the same time, we're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like every time I talk to him, I, thought I was gonna play for the Patriots one day, right? Too, but yeah, like so every time I talk to him, I kind of cringe. Like, guys, guys, just doesn't get it. 
But then it, it's kind of bittersweet because it's like, oh, man, like, he's, he's got blinders on. Um, so he gets sick. He's actually he's over in the Caribbean right now. Um, so he gets sick. He has his lung issue. No health care. Just he's trying to figure it out. You know, he's literally, oh, well, somebody, man, they had a first aid kit, and they checked me out and all this. Like, dude, you got a lung issue. What's going on? Right, right, right. So he goes to the hospital. He gets back to Miami, and he goes to the hospital or whatever, and he ends up with, like, $10,000 bill or something like that, man. And I think that health care-wise, I think that he, he wants to – Hey, let me get established. Let me get something for my. But he's just following his dream so much. It's just cloud. The the real world is so cloudy for him. Um, so he got really sick. He's got this big bill. So I guess to narrow it down to the the question, um, I think that if healthcare was as easy as going to get like a cell phone, you know, truly customizable to what you want, what you need, or whatnot, I think that a lot more people would. Because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's a handful of, I mean, I've got peers that, oh, man, you know, you know how that's real. A lot of times in black community, especially older, don't go to the doctor. Oh, yeah. Man, there's there's yeah, a it's, very it's, serious mistrust of doctors in yeah, the black community. Yeah, it's like, so. just don't. I was like, man, like, God, teeth clean. I'm going, you know, every six months. You know, it's like, that's a doctor, right? Ah, oh, man. Don't you know you go to a doctor, man? They're killing folks over there. I'm like, man, what do you mean? You know, right, so right, right. it's that thing, and then it's. So, um, yeah, he, he just got really sick, man. And, you know, he starts bashing. Oh, I was like, dude, no, it's not the system. It's you've conned your way to an island. And you don't have any care. You don't have any, any money. Don't, you know, nest egg. And this is what happens, man. Like um, Personal responsibility. Yeah, it's accountability, responsibility. I think it's just and a sense of ignorance of what's, his resources, because there's stuff out there. I mean, um, so yeah, I just kind of feel like, hey, you know, if it was as easy as purchasing a cell phone, you know, you customize your plan, whatever you want to do, and then you go from there. Um, I just, a lot of people just don't have that type of awareness, man, to even know what's happening. I think he was just one of those guys, man. I know there's just so many people out there um, that are dealing with issues healthcare-wise that just you know, or they'll be sick and oh, you're scared to go seek some counsel or attention, you know. Um, it's just tough. You know, with the wife being a social worker, she tells me all the time, hey, there's stuff out there, there's resources. I'm like, yeah, well. So then it falls back on, well, are people really seeking help? You know, where are they really at with this journey? You know, it was tough. That's, that's what yeah. I got, man. Yeah. Ben? <clears throat> Personally, I've never been hospitalized. The only people that I know who have been hospitalized for a lengthy period of time were my extremely elderly grandparents. So honestly, I feel like I'm not exactly qualified to answer this in depth. Um, but I do agree that, yeah, if it was an easier approach for every regular American, I think that it would be a lot better. I mean, in, in a perfect world, obviously, I think that people, um, especially of disadvantage, you know, like children with terrible illnesses and 
you know, their, their parents couldn't afford insurance or whatever, we should get those people healed, no questions asked. Um, but like I said, this, this question about what we can do to make America's, to fix America's healthcare system, I don't know, man. I just wish it was more available for everybody. That's all. Fair enough. What do you think, Chris? Oh, well, I have been hospitalized several times, and so I, I and I also have family members on both sides of this um, issue. So uh, there's a there's a multitude of ways to approach this. Um, I think it is frustrating as a consumer. Uh, I think they make the billing process of this very difficult. I remember getting probably seven or eight different bills for the one last back surgery I had, and you think you're done paying, and then they keep coming through and coming through, and it's hard to keep track of. I mean, really, KU Med once sent me, I think it's either seven or eight different bills for the same visit that I took there, mm-hmm. instead of just consolidating them and sending them to me, right. and then I would have been fine paying off, because you don't realize, I thought I paid this one, did I pay this one? Right, you know, you right, don't right, know. Right, right, right. Uh, and also, they make mistakes all the time. So it's it's difficult to track it from that perspective. It's also a difficult industry in that they don't have to make you any guarantees of success or good quality, and, and really most of us don't even know what the, that would look like. Yeah. Uh, and so they're in a unique position in that regard. Uh, and I, I also think, too, it, it's tricky on the other side because everybody goes, well, all these people can't afford insurance. Uh, they're the same people who can afford the bar tab and the goddamn cable TV, but it's a choice sometimes. Like I, I get being destitute, and you know, if you're choosing between food and insurance, that's one thing. If you're choosing between cable and not cable so you can get insurance, that's not really a choice. You're just choosing to spend your money like an asshole. You know? And then the people who can't afford it and decide to not pay for it, the people who don't take preventative care, like you were saying, the people who go to the emergency room for a cold that drives up the cost, there's problems all the way around, and it's not just the system is fucking me over. It's you're fucking everybody else over, too, by not being responsible enough to take your part in driving the cost of health care down, which drives me nuts. And then, you know, I have a hard time sometimes because this is – Maybe the most heartless thing I've ever said, and I know this is completely uncool, and I'll preface it with that. But we talk about wait, wanting. Wait, let me give a disclaimer. Uh, Chris is uh, no, not cruel nor heartless, but this no. statement. This maybe. one will be. I can, I can see this perspective as a reasonable thing. It's, it is extraordinarily heart wrenching to see kids with illnesses. Nobody's denying that. It also pisses me off when. That becomes a shared responsibility, sure. sometimes, frequently. Uh, and a lot of times, you know prior to having the kid that they're going to be uh, pretty screwed up. You know, and so it's like, well, I know my kid's going to be screwed up. I'm going to have the kid anyway. Don't know why, just doing it. And also want your help in paying all the bills for this. Yeah. Well, fuck you. I mean, really, I don't want that kid. It's not my kid. I'm really sorry, and it's not my responsibility. So there's a million different ways to approach this thing. Um, and I don't know what the right one is. You know, I am a believer in quality of life, so I do believe it on both sides. I'm in favor of abortion to prevent not only unwanted pregnancies, but ones that are going to just be have a tough life in general. I know if I had some crazy-ass illness, I would have begged, had I known, 
to tell my parents, don't have me for God's sakes. Get rid of me now. You know, I don't want to live like that, but that's just me. But on the flip side, I also am a believer in if I get older and my quality of life sucks, just kill me. I'm okay with that. My life, the good parts are done, you know, so I'm fine with it all the way around. Can I so, take Dearborns to you, Ed, when I do it? Dave, you have full permission just to get rid of me however you want. <laughs> I don't care. Right, I just I'm, want to be good. I'm, I'm going to pitch you out to run. And, and you can no longer. Hey, take a 300-yard shot. You, know, well, you can no longer chew, chew the leather. As you long as it works. Is a wall? It sounds like he wants to mount Chris on the wall. That's not actually what one would call a trophy. That's just. Yeah, well, I got Kevin. That'd be kind of cool. I'll take a cigar out of his mouth and, you know, mount him up there. and I can talk to Chris. Hey, hey, Big Dave, I've got it. This is a gun question. This is off the record. This is random. So I was on just late night YouTubing. And I came across, it's just a little, uh, it looks like... Which almost, is often never good. I will say, let's start not, there. It's not, yeah, that's, that's a fucking rabbit hole. Late, late night YouTube. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's, it's bad, dude. Oh, it's, it's very bad. So <laughs> I came across, it's called a Lifeguard LR22. It, it's like a little credit card holder, like a almost like a wallet. It folds out into a pistol. Well, and it holds like... 22 short. Yeah, like six bullets. Oh shit, man! And it's it's a powerful shot. Well, it's not totally powerful. Well, it, 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 how the guy was doing it looked like two caliber is going to get in you and rattle around. It actually does a lot of damage. It's going to break really? the skin. I mean, listen, that's going to break the skin. Be be some, in here. Yeah. Be some blood involved. That, that's that's a serious concealed weapon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it really is. I mean, just looking at it, it's wow. The guy he pulls it out of his back pocket. It looks like a wallet. He unfolds it, and he just starts target shooting. Damn, man. You know, that's, that's interesting. I haven't seen that yet, but I'm interested. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I just had to, I was like, is I that... Can't, I can't hit Chris at 300 yards with him, though. It's, <laughs> right. it, it's, good, it's good for about wow. 10 feet. Really? And, and for full yeah, that's, disclaimer. That's close range. Yeah, it was kind of like, they, they were saying something like just self-defense stuff. This is what uh-huh. you it's good for about 10 feet. To, uh, to pay proper homage to that line, if anybody remembers Vacation, where John Candy goes, that's not a real gun. He goes, oh, it's a real gun, and it can break the skin and cause an infection. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite movie lines ever. I love that. <laughs> and cause an infection. I like this. I like this. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the Lifeguard LR-22, I think is what it was. Yeah. I will look that up. Yeah. I'm done. Uh, I know I got, as an employer with a lot of employees, I've, I've certainly have dealt with this over the years. And every year is just a battle. It really is. Um, I had, this year, I probably got as creative as possible. We've been with Humana. I don't care. I'm going to call these people out. Um, You know, it it got to where it's kind of a joke. Because, especially in the prescriptions, they hired a third-party company to evaluate rather you, if, if, if let's say the doctor prescribed Celebrex for you. Right. And the third party company decided that, well, we got generic drug, we're going to give you first. And if it doesn't work after six months, then we'll not prescribe the Celebrex to you. And it takes forever to get it. Uh, my wife has knee problems. Um, you can get shots for your knees. Right. And some of these jails they can fit in and come from a coxcomb of a, of a rooster um, have much more benefit than others. She couldn't get the good stuff. They gave her the bad stuff yeah. because that's what they said. So it's all about controlling cost. 
And so, you know, you got huge problems with big pharma and the government and everything else. We have just as of yesterday went from Humana to Aetna. Mm. And what I've had to do is I've had to find ways to supplement my younger people so that my older people could get reasonable health care costs, if you want to call it reasonable. Uh, I think the wife and I are $1,800 a month. Mm. Um, she's, 60, she's going to be 64, I'm 59. Um, it, the, the solutions are bad right now. I mean, they're really bad. So the, I went from like 18 to 35, I supplemented them $150. Uh, from 35 to 50, I supplemented 100, and anybody over 50, I supplemented 50. Where I don't have to pay 50%. I mean, there are provisions in the laws that, that make sense for that. Every single broker I've talked to on the broker side, I asked them, I said, what's the problems here? And he said, you need to get goddamn government out of it and let it perform more as a capitalistic type deal and we can get prices down if we do that. I've asked them about interstate commerce and they have mixed reviews on that, that, you know, you, I should be able to go to Florida and get a health plan if that Florida company has a health plan for me. I don't have to just deal in the state of Kansas or the state of Missouri to get a health plan on the two or three that are limited there to do it. You know, the ACA is causing some problems still. Um, they have lifted the employee mandate to where they were getting taxed if they didn't take it. And a lot of my young guys wouldn't take it. But yeah, we're paying six, $700 a year to supplement other people. Um, the employer mandate's still in place that if I go over 50 employees, that I still have to provide everybody health insurance, which would break my company. I can't afford that. And so there, there's a lot of issues with it. I still believe this, and I've, and I've said it here before in our former talks and some of the things we've had going on. I do believe government needs to stay out of the way a lot of ways, but as a socialist conservative, I do believe in some social programs. I do believe that we could have a basic base health care plan, which would basically what Medicaid is anyway. It's kind of like what the VA has. Um, which is, needs to get a lot better, and I think it is starting to get cleaned up a little bit. They're starting to pass a few laws that will make it better for our vets. If we can't take care of our vets, if we can't make the veterans program work, what, what dream do we have of having a basic health care plan run by government? You know, that's, that's something that really has to be thought of. You know, the VA plan needs to work for the vets. If you can't take care of those guys, we got problems. But a basic health care plan, in my vision, would go like this. There are taxes paid. We pay a certain amount of taxes into it. Everybody has to put in, including all people. You know, if you make $10,000 a year, a certain percentage of that $10,000 a year is going towards health care. And you've got to have, everybody's got to have skin in the game. There's no provisions that you don't have skin in the game. But you get basic health care, and that's all you get. You might be in a, a ward with, a, you know, Diane might be working for something like this where they got, uh, you, know, um, you know, several people in a, like eight in, a, eight in a ward, and they're getting basic health care. It ain't nothing pretty. For those of us that, that are more industrious and purchase insurance, the government stays the hell out of the way. We're able to buy private insurance, and that private insurance gets us better care because we're working for it. We've made the money. We're industrious. 
It allows me as an employer to provide better health care to my employees, and we pay for that. And that gets us the semi-private room. It gets us the doctors that have the more experience. It gets all this. And on top of that, especially on the lower end, then you have to have start having wellness plans. Mm. Because if, if they aren't taking care of themselves mm -hmm. and they aren't eating right, then there's a penalty for that. There has to be some kind of recognition that, hey, you've got to come in every year and get a physical. And if you, you know, continue <coughs> to abuse yourself you know, and go on like this, and then we can also tie that into, like, when we look at the opioid addictions and things like that, we start having real solutions to the problems, which is, number one, going after big pharma and their BS. And, my, I, and I'll give a little interesting factor. My dad was a pharmacist. My sister's a pharmacist. I know a little bit about this stuff. You know, we're, we're a pill nation. There's a pill for every problem. And instead of pe teaching people in some things, especially psychologically, you can conquer yourself. Mm. No, here's a pill. And then that pill addicts you to the next pill. And the next thing you know, a lot of these pills, you want to know why we're having some high suicide rates, there you go. My sister will tell you this, and some of these pills they give you for depression are going to cause you to have suicide. You know, uh, suicidal thoughts. And so, you know, this, this is a, a, just a very difficult issue that I have to wrestle with, and Natalia, my office manager, has to wrestle with. It takes us months to get everything processed, to get everything out there, to try to find the best rate to go with different brokers and see what they can get us. It is a massive pain in the ass to try to turn around and be a good employer and provide a benefit to our employees. You know, my goal in construction in particular, because especially when it's booming like this, people like to poach people. My goal is I want to provide a company that I don't have to worry about poaching people. They come to work for me because we have a good company. I want to have an attractive company to work for. Therefore, I can get talent because of who we are. And it's, it's just so complicated. But I do honestly believe that you know, the government has some play in it, but I think government can get way too much involved with it. And there is, it's way too large and way too regular. You look at how much red tape the hospitals have to have. So many of your bills are paid for to pay for all the administrative people that are in the hospital that are checking to make sure that they aren't, you know, redlining on something or going against some regulation and things like this. I'm sure Diane would tell you that right now. They have a ton of administration people, and the only reason they're in place is to handle the government regulations. Well, that's that's not entirely true. To, just to be no, it's not actually. And I, my sister is a malpractice lawyer, represents doctors and big pharma. So I will tell you, there's a different side of the conversation here. It's not just oh, well, big pharma makes a pill, so screw those guys. What about the doctors who prescribe them? What about the people oh, who abuse oh, oh, them yeah. when they get them? Oh, yeah. You know, there, there's, again, it doesn't have anything to do with the administration. It has a whole hell of a lot to do with it because in order to curb big pharma, they then started, no rule was made just because they wanted rules. There were rules in place because the private sector created all kinds of massive abuse in a system that was there to make profits out of. So then each little rule started creeping in and now there's a mountain of rules. 
but no no single rule is bad. Mm-hmm. The administrative ch- curbs and checks are there to make sure that you're not over dispensing pills, that you can account for the medicines as they come in and as they go out. You know, this is be this is a huge mob scam in the early '80s. <laughs> in fact, here in Kansas City, a whole ton of people got busted for selling uh, prescription medicine on the street. It's still a huge thing. So now they have all these checks and, and stuff in the place to make sure that these pills are being dispensed correctly. Well, that implies administrative headaches right there. I'm not disagreeing, but the free market solution of well, forget the checks and the administrative stuff. That led to the abuse in the first place. I mean, that's how the abuse came in the system. Well, the, 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 well, you know, me, the, funny, thing, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I, I, I think somewhere in the middle, you're both right, you know, because... I, mean, I think I'm right. Well, generally... Well, not generally go this direction. <laughs> but I do, I do believe that... So, me personally, um, you know, I, uh, a couple of years ago dealt with uh, my father passing and going through the the going through the, the the whole medical system, you know, over that year that he was kind of dealing with his uh, illness until he passed, and then here, literally just this past couple of weeks, um, the artist formerly known as the anonymous female, uh, she was in the hospital for for two weeks and. Um, Somewhere in the middle really is the truth. When the market was free, there were massive abuses. So it led to a crap ton of rules. And like you say, the rules themselves aren't bad. But because we've now built up a bureaucracy uh, with the amount of rules, you know, that leads into elevated cost and to tell you the truth I'm not 100% sure how we fix it you know you know I often go back to the only thing that sounds correct happens to be wildly unpopular in America and that is a more socialized system because okay so Every other major industrialized nation has come to this place except America. We've, they've all come to, you know, we need to provide some form of universal health care, uh, and it has to be paid for through our tax dollars. To me, that's really the only way to solve it. It's just the most unpopular way in America because we're such a you know capitalist maverick society that we don't we don't want we don't want the government imposing rules but the problem is if the government doesn't impose rules the in America in in particular um, people will find a way to uh, circumvent the system at any given point that they can, because they can, you know. It, you know, it's just like with, you know, with taxes. You know, companies found out that oh, if I move my, if I move the actual base of operations <laughs> offshore to, uh, 
Ireland, you know, I get a better tax rate. And so, and even even if uh, America is our number one market for sales, my tax rate's lower if I do this, or if I move my my account off to a Cayman Island, you know, I get all these, you know, I get exempt from all these taxes because, you know, and the and the medical system's no different. It's, you know, if if we don't find a way to safeguard it and maybe, maybe uh, do something that's a little unpopular that can serve us all, I don't know what other way there is. I mean, I don't, I don't know if uh, like the Affordable Health Care Act or the uh, act that uh, that uh, Trump and his team, they've been trying to put in play. I don't know if either of these acts were the right way to go about it. But the one thing that I'm seeing is that you know, you know, no, I don't think, I don't, in retrospect, I don't think I wanted President Bernie Sanders either. But Maybe Medicare for all or Medicaid for all uh, as a base plan, and then if you're if you're working and your company can provide you with a better tier of healthcare coverage, um, maybe a, a better way. To, yeah, it may be. Yeah, it may be a well, better way to go. I, I don't know. I got one more thing I wanted to bring up that shows how the government can really get things when the lobbyists are behind them and the money's behind them. You know, how many single pharmacies do you guys see out there anymore? Individual run pharmacies. I, I don't Can know. Can you really yeah, think of one now? I have no idea. There's a couple here in town that I know of that are more the health pill type things, holistic medicine mm -hmm. uh, type pharmacies. Uh, O'Brien's, I think, is one. and there, There's several like that. There's really not a whole lot of individual pharmacies. Well, this is what my father and then my sister bought his business, and this is what they had. And they were extremely successful. I mean, my dad took a pharmacy that was filling about 100 scripts a day when he bought it, and he turned it into a pharmacy that was a discount pharmacy that didn't sell all the other fountain goods and makeup and all this other stuff. He just sold pharmaceutical stuff, you know. You get your knee brace in there, you get your crutches and all that, and that's all it had. And he's, he averaged over 1,100 scripts a day. The man made some money. Well, then they came up, and I'm going to say Medicaid Plan D, I think is what it was. Well, maybe, maybe Plan B, Plan D or B, which basically allowed on many Medicaid prescription to make, you can make about a buck or two a prescription. Well, CVS, Walgreens, and all these people, they, they, they buy in volume. They get much more discount on everything they buy. Well, it made it very difficult for my sister to make any money. Which, and they were the top pharmacy in town by a long shot. So here comes Walmart with their pharmacy. Hy-Vee comes in with their pharmacy. Rider Drug went out of business. And then several other pharmacies went out of business. My sister got to a point where she's really the only one left in town. And she called me up and she says, I'm going to sell to Hy-Vee. I said, why? And I said, well, I just can't make any money anymore because, you know, so many of our rural residents are on Medicaid, and we have a lot of elderly residents on Medicaid, and we're just, we just can't make enough money to, to really call it a good. 
And she was afraid, quite frankly, I was going to say, well, that was Dad's pharmacy. You can't do that. But Dad became successful because he was a good businessman. And that's what I told her. I said, Dad would be proud of you because you have made a good business decision. So she sold out to Hy-Vee, got herself a, a five-year contract just to go be an Indian at Hy-Vee, so she gets to retire in about a year, I think. And, you know, she go and she made some money selling the business. She made a nice chunk of change on it. And but it, it, it drove the smaller businesses out. And that's what we're seeing. We got all the big box stores and the big stores and all this stuff. And a lot of this is brought on by the lobbyists dealing with the senators that are and Congress people that are in there forever. You know, um, I've, I've heard recently, you know, a lot of these, well, they're going to threaten our careers. Well, I didn't understand that you being a senator or a congressperson was supposed to be a career. But I guess it is. Now, maybe I misunderstood. This, becomes, this, this is part of the problem that the government can turn around with the power of, of the corporations that control government and create these type of issues. So, you know... For me, that's a little bit of a personal bone. I would love my sister been able to, you know, work her business until she was ready to retire and sell to somebody else. That's what I want to do with my business. I want to have a succession plan. Been in business 52 years. I'd love to see it be there for 75. You know, and you know that's that's great to be able to sell your business and pass it on. It's something you build up, and then hopefully the next person takes it up, continues to do well with it. Great. So, yeah, so I just, two quick things. They're going to sound contradictory, but they're not. First one is you just gave an example of the free market at work. I mean, for a free market guy, you should be glad that and recognize the economies of scale that benefit everybody when a Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, Target, et cetera, can drive down the cost of filling prescription drugs across the board. And I'm really sorry about your sister's store, but you could make that same argument for literally any industry that's out there. This is true. I mean, and I'm not going to go protect, you know, the little store in the corner because I like Amazon. You know, <laughs> Amazon no, gives it still... to me better, cheaper, faster, and I like them all. And, you know, we, we should not be in the business of propping up. Uh, there's no there's no beauty to just having a small business. They used to make this argument all the time with coffee shops. Don't let Starbucks come in. Oh, my God, they'll drive out the local coffee shops. A lot of times those local coffee shops were just garbage. They sucked, you know? And so you know, there's that's, 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 that's telling the truth of shame the devil because that's for real. I might. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a bunch me, of me, pretentious me A's. I, I, don't, <laughs> I get it. I don't disagree with Chris on that, you know? And, and she was a... Uh, this, this isn't about your sister. It's an of example that. of a larger thing. So it's, it's to me, it, it has, and I appreciate the personal story. It's really about her as a microcosm of a larger problem. And it was and a there, microcosm. Yeah, and there is and that. The other thing I would that. say is we have a tendency, and, and you say, well, we tend to distrust the government. We tend to look to the government way too often, all the time. <clears throat> Just because we don't know what the better solution is at this point doesn't mean there's not a better solution. No, absolutely. So I, think no, I fully agree with that. I think there's a couple of things that are going on right now that you can see that let's wait and see what the results are. One, you're starting to see a hell of a lot more minute clinics popping up all oh, yeah, over the, the place for 50, 75 bucks where you go in and get all your base level stuff done. To me, that's better than having uh, an insurance policy at that point. That's great. And then I think you should have a higher level of actual insurance for things like surgeries and when stuff goes wrong. Uh, and let's let people know, actually, you cannot go to the emergency room because you got a cold. You need right. to go to the medical. Go to medical. And the second thing is watch what happens with Amazon, J.P. Morgan, and Berkshire Hathaway. 
they're teaming up to do some pretty cool things, um, not just in traditional healthcare, but in the advancement of technology within the healthcare sector that really could move the needle on some of this. So, no, I'm not one just to go single payer. That's the only way government should run it because really they don't run that many things all that well. Let's let's see what happens. If I, I would trust Jeff Bezos before I trust anybody in the federal government to touch my health care, personally. Yeah, and I'll get a TV at the same time. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> even though my sister kind of got drove out business a little bit, she was able to sell her business. No, like I said, which which to so, you know, Chris's that, point, you know, is 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 the free market system at work? It really is. Uh, get on Amazon, order one health care. Shipped in two days. So strangely, this was a huge conversation that I heard about the other day. They did buy a uh, pill dispensary company that is a mail order pill company, and there's a whole lot of talk about the privacy concerns related to that because they need to ensure the packaging is done in such a way that you don't know if they're getting a book or if they're getting their meds. And beyond that, you can't tell what meds they're getting even if you know their meds, because that would be a huge violation. Yeah, that, of that, the that's laws. the pill pack, right? That yeah, was the that's company. That's the pill packet where each day your pills are, are in a packet and says Monday, Tuesday. So the most interesting part of that story, which was uh, underreported, was Walmart was actually the company bidding on that. And they offered $7 million, $700 million for the company. And at the very last minute, Amazon said, okay, we'll give you a billion. And because Walmart lost it, the difference being $300 million, obviously, their share price dropped by $3 billion by failing to cement the acquisition because they didn't want to raise their price by $300 million, which was an interesting little side note to the whole thing. Wow. That was an expensive non-purchase. That was, that was the point of the article, yeah. It was pretty fascinating. So, sometimes you just got to make the purchase. Sometimes. Yeah, Walmart in the bottom line. Wow. Wrong yeah. move. All right. Uh, anything else before I wrap up this segment? Good discussion. Are we good? Uh, what, uh, wait, I think somebody's got a question <laughs> over there. Uh, Come on, Jordan. I know you got one. I see it bubbling. It was on the tip of my tongue. I, I kind of forgot it. Okay. I, I maybe, I, maybe I can come back to it. Okay. Um, well, uh, so, like I said at the beginning of this segment, uh, this is just a bunch of guys sitting around uh, smoking and drinking and talking shit. Uh, and, and it doesn't sound like we've cured any of the world's ills. But... Um, but it was a good discussion, and 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 I'm and I'm glad I'm glad we had it. Uh, and with that, we'll be right back. Hey, you having a good time? Let me introduce you to a couple of my media brothers. First, www.americathemixtape.com, a cipher on American politics, society, and culture. And where did I get that mixtape? Of course, www.cornerbodega.us purveyors of urban culture. Come on, let's get back to the party. Uh, and we are back, and before we get out of here, let's talk about today's sugar, honey, iced tea. And for those that don't know, these are things that I or a member of the group have found that are really cool, a.k.a. the shit. And today's sugar, honey, iced tea is nurses. Um... Uh, the definition, or one of the definitions um, that I pulled out uh, for a nurse, is a person who cares for the sick or infirmed. Um, so, we've been on hiatus for a couple of weeks because the artist formerly known as the anonymous female uh, was really sick in, uh, in a hospital. 
Uh, and I was right there uh, in a very uncomfortable chair next to her. Um, and then the last two weeks, um, I witnessed uh, the gift of good nurses. Um, they were really invaluable at uh, helping her through her still ongoing recovery from the infections and everything that she had. And I want to send a special shout out to uh, two nurses, uh, Emily and Jacob. Um, they were truly the definition of good nurses. Um, they worked really well as a team. They were her day, daytime and nighttime nurses. They worked really good as a team. Um, they listened to her, you know, whereas, you know, there are certain rules that the hospital is supposed to have about you not being able to get out of the bed or da 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 and but they listened to her and realized that oh she's not a 70 year old woman in in the twilight of her life you know she's reasonably young never been in a hospital before and she's actually able to um, make some decisions about getting in and out of bed on her own and she had uh somebody who was sleeping over in the hospital with her to give her help. So they were um, really good, really attentive. Their uh, uh, attitudes and energy was, was really up, and, and they really listened. And like I said, just the definition of good nurses. Um, so kind of in summation, if you ever find yourself in need of a nurse or needing to be the nurse for someone and follow follow that example because um, doctors can only do so much um, oftentimes nurses help to make the doctors look really good because of the uh, the day-to-day hour-to-hour care that they're giving so if you ever find yourself in need of a nurse or needing to be a nurse to someone, follow that example. Act accordingly. So with that, I'm going to end this podcast in a way and all podcasts, and that is with the toast that started it all for me, and that is to good times with good people.